The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. I'm seeing. Let me try. We're we're trying. There we go. There I am. Hello. There you are. Hi, Shannon. Hi. We're so sorry, you guys. Had nothing but technical problems this morning. So thrilled that you guys stuck it out with us because we're a little bit late getting on. But I'm Shannon Penrod, and I'm Nancy Allspot Jackson. And we're thrilled to be here with you guys, uh, but continuing to be plagued by technical difficulties. It's the it's our our gremlins and nemesis. Uh, so that's how we're doing. Good morning to Jeremiah and to Dano. Uh, Jeremiah says, "Sup all." And that's that's what sup right now is. I'm irked with the technical difficulties. Nothing would work this morning, so I don't know what that's about. How are you, Nancy? I'm doing great, Shannon. Well, I'm glad to hear that because uh, you're a wonderful person and, and I hope that uh, that you have a wonderful, uh, grateful Thanksgiving. I know that yes. it's a really- in Right around the corner. Are we gonna be talking to our guest Vince Redman about that today? Yes, yes. Uh, so we are gonna be talking about that. And we're gonna be talking a little bit about, there's a lot of people that are having stress right now because uh, with the increase in the numbers of COVID, uh, a lot of schools are once again changing their distance learning plan. Kid, kiddos that had gone back to school um, have, are being sent home or some areas they're going early to holiday break. And a right. lot of parents are and caregivers are having a little bit of stress about that. So yeah. Vince it's is been a really stressful time for everybody, I think. Yeah, and I don't know about everybody else, but I think um, the overwhelming um, feeling that I'm hearing from everyone, and certainly that I'm experience, is that you know we're really done. We're really we're really done, and we're exhausted with all of it. I just want to caution everybody that the numbers don't warrant. You know, I my husband said, you know, I'd like to get out. We've been so good from the beginning, and uh, quarantining and and really isolating, um, extreme isolation. And um, he was like, well, you know, I'd like to you know, go here, there or wherever. And, and I said, yes, except now is the exact moment when we should not. So uh, everybody's being encouraged to stay home. If you have to go out to wear your masks and take all due precautions. So it makes it hard. And I my feel, you know, I mean, there's so many people who've been hit hard by this. I think the added pressure of the fact that for a lot of people, whatever relief they were getting financially, a lot of it is coming to end in like 45 days. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no, there's nothing to take its place at, as of you know this moment in time. So I think that adds to the stress 
Plus it's the holidays and people, you know, this is the time when we normally commute. Um, so there's a lot going on. Vince is going to talk with us about that. I am glad to hear that uh, we have somebody who we knew was having a spinal MRI this morning um, and glad to hear that it went well and keep us posted. We love to hear when he's awake and all as well. So um, I want to take just a second and remind everybody this show is meant to be interactive. We're here with you live right now. Uh, the date is the Friday, the 20th of 2020. Uh, this will be an archival show somewhere later on when we are not in this kind of situation and we'll look back and go, oh, look how we did the show. Looking forward to that. But uh, we're live right now on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, and on Facebook. And we're also live on our homepage, autism-live.com. We encourage you, if you're watching us live, to watch in one of those big four, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope or Twitter, because you can write into us on that platform and it immediately shows up here in our chat. I'm saying good morning to Amanda and Michelle. Thank you for being with us. And good morning to Christina. So um, if you want to watch us recorded in podcasts, we're all over the place. All of your major, where all of your podcasts are, I think we are. If you find that we are not where you watch your podcast, please let us know. We'll be happy to get ourselves there. We are free in all of the places that we are available. And I, I, I'm very proud of that, that we, there's good information and I hope inspiration for all of you that's available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that it's entirely free to you. Um, and we've been doing that now for almost 10 years. And that's many times people have said, let's charge the viewers. And, and I would say, you know, nope, 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 we're not doing that, we're not doing that, and was able to hold the line, and I'm glad that we were able to do that. But please, please share us. That's how we stay on the air, is by having viewers uh, like you who watch the show, and if you'll tell other people about it, then more people will know about it, right, Nancy? That's right, and Christina is thanking you for your good words there. Yes, you, Christina. And we encourage everybody to write into us and tell us your issues and concerns, especially today when we have the benefit of having Vince Redmond on the show a little bit later. Yeah, he's a licensed marriage and family therapist, but he's sort of extra. I've called him the unicorn before because he not only is an LMFT, but he used to be a behavior technician. He used mm -hmm. to, uh, that was his job for many years. He started as a very young man. So um, he understands that component of what you're going through when you're doing an early intensive behavioral intervention, which I hope you are if you have a kiddo. Hey, by the way, I want to point out that this show um, is meant for everybody in the autism community that starts with folks who are on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of our community, but we include in our community everyone who loves those individuals. So that's caregivers, that's Grandparents, it's husbands, wives, doctors, uh, teachers, therapists. Ken, are you aware that it's National Caregivers Month? Well, you know, uh, we had a guest last Friday who had told us about that. And I was like, no, I, I didn't get that memo. I just heard uh, it today from Autism Speaks did a post saying it's National Caregivers Month. But but uh, Kirsten said that from... Um, uh, from Autism Society on last week's show. That was how I found out about it. Um, uh -huh. so that's that's how I knew. Um, right. Okay. Uh, I don't, uh, Christina, I'm not sure. Can you look at that and tell me? Cause I, I misread that. Can you 
tell me what that means. I don't, know, I don't know what uh, prosecutor means. Yes. That her husband oh, is oh. with her to prosecute oh, yes. her. He wants to be a part of helping his son. But okay, but I don't mean. know what the prosecutor has to right. do with it. But we'll, you know, I think that's probably one of those spell check things. I don't know what right. I spent right. to somebody the other day. And we laughed so hard and so long because I was trying to say something and it, it put in some other strange word that was so random. I think they do it deliberately just to give us a laugh. Um, so I don't know if that's the word that you meant to put there, but uh, in any case, we'll, we'll wait uh, while you figure, while you tell us what it was that you- Your husband got a lawyer and we were worried and we were like, but how does that uh, equate to him wanting to be a part of helping? Where I, where that's, I was like, we got a prosecutor? That's uh, that's something else. Nancy, you look beautiful today. That color is gorgeous on Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, you. You look like you could be a Bond girl or uh, not not quite a Bond villain. You look too good to be a, a Bond villain. <laughs> uh, it's, but it's very swanky. Uh, I like that neckline on you. Uh, okay, so uh, why don't we jump in and cover our news stories? We've got a couple that are good and one that's horrible just giving you guys the, you know, the 411 beforehand. Um, so I thought that this was really interesting that they're saying that hearing tests and babies, newborn babies response to a hearing test may be a really good predictor of which children might be on the autism spectrum. So um, I don't, I'm going to be honest that uh, I don't pretend to understand exactly what they're you know, because there's a whole bunch of things about why, what it shows in the test. And, uh, you know, I'm not an expert, Nancy. I don't know if you totally get it, but. Well, it's, it's kind of complex, but I think you've got the gist of it, which is that newborns exhibit neurophysiological variation associated with autism spectrum disorder. So yes. um, it's, it has to do with the hearing uh, yeah. of, of newborns. This is, this is why we're being cautious, you guys, because it has to do with the V negative uh, latency. So I don't really get what that is, but they're able to look at it, look at a bunch of people's uh, hearing tests, and they're able to pick out which kids later on ended up um, being diagnosed on the spectrum. So it might be a good predictor. Yeah. Can I cut yeah. you off, Nancy? No, you did yeah. not. Uh, okay, so um, this is coming to us from uh, the Harvard Medical School in Boston. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's preliminary, but they did study 139,154 newborns and gave them the universal newborn hearing screening. And uh, 321 of those kids later were diagnosed with autism. And they were able to go back and look and see that their hearing tests were markedly different. Right. So there we go. Now, what does that mean to the world? Um, you know, imagine a world in which your child could, as a newborn, be checked and, and, and be flagged as someone who had the potential to be diagnosed with autism. And what would you do differently? And Nancy, if you had known when you first held Wyatt in your arms, that he was someone who may later have uh, the issues that he has had in regards to autism, would you have done anything different? Absolutely. I um, would have. Earlier interventions all the way around. Yep. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, just think about like, I I know for a lot of parents, and Nancy, chime in here if you feel this way too. I always say that the amount of time from when you first went, hmm, I think something's going on here, until you actually got to something that was helpful, that exact amount of time is the amount of guilt you carry in a backpack on your back. Right. And and you know, I I think if we could empower parents to say, okay, your child doesn't have autism in this moment, but your child is at risk for autism. Here are the things that we would like you to be particularly mindful of. Uh, I think that could be massive, massive game changer. Hey, May, saying hello to you. Hi, May. Uh, yes. Uh, okay, so, you know, something great. Okay, so now let's move on to the not so great. Yeah, uh, um, although this story was really interesting to me, and I'll tell you why, but first, Let's tell you what it is that a gene therapy for uh, an autism linked condition, which is Angelman syndrome, um, had consequences of robbing two people of the ability to walk. That's a clinical trial for gene of gene therapy for Angelman syndrome. Now, for those of you that don't know what Angelman syndrome is, it's a rare genetic condition that's related to autism. Yeah. And there were a small group of people that they were doing this clinical trial with. And of course, I love that they were incredibly responsible. And the minute that they saw that it was causing a problem, they halted the trial. And that's why it's making the news. Uh, there was a drug developed by Ultragenics and GenTX called GTX102. Um, there were different degrees of it that they were injecting into a small group of children, but, um, first one child, um, one individual, I don't actually know the ages of the individuals in the, the test. Well, they were five to 15. So I do know that, um, recovered from this, we should say it was not lasting, but I think scary for the participant. Yeah. Um, and the one had, uh, numbness and difficulty walking and the other one lost the ability to walk. Um, but, um, and they even say, even those that couldn't, uh, support themselves on their legs are walking around fine. They are currently somewhat more coordinated now than they were before the study. I think part of the, part of the issue was that initially this drug had showed so much promise and this has slowed it down. Um, but I, I do think studies are important and looking at what consequences are and dealing with them responsibly, you know, is, is super important. It's very scary, Amanda. It's very, very scary. But again, as Nancy said, it did not, uh, persist and that, you know, in some cases they're a little bit more coordinated than they were before. So, yeah. And uh, here's what I found, what I thought was interesting. It said, um, while the safety issue is important to resolve, experts say, given that the therapy otherwise appears to be effective and the trial could guide treatment strategies for similar brain conditions. And I'm running if it could guide treatment strategies for autism. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's very possible. And, you know, I, I look forward to hearing what comes of this. I think sometimes there was a, there was a definite thing with the dosage that they would start slow and then add more. And when they got into the more intense doses is when they saw that this problem occurred. So it might be that they have to give the doses over a longer period of time and not have these issues. 
we'll look forward to seeing what it is, but very scary for those families and for those individuals that were going through that. I can't even imagine. Um, and so, uh, but an important story to cover. And our last story, which I think just made me so happy. Yes, you know, it's a real feel good story. All of our kids, um, you know, have things that they like. And some of our kids have things that they obsess over or we call perseverate on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that that's a negative. I just, you know, I have a much harder time buying into that. I think that when we can responsibly help them to grow and flex and, and it's like a pizza dough that, okay, so they only are interested in, you know, uh, I was just talking to a family the other day that's trains and you're, you're familiar with this, uh, Nancy, that's like their kiddo only wants to talk about trains. That's all they want to do. And it's driving them bonkers. We've all been there to some degree, but when we can take that and, you know, if it's only Thomas the tank, can we have it now be about antique trains? Right. Can you build on it. Can you take that obsession or perseveration and tease it out into something bigger? Which yeah. is parents do. I mean, I I look at Wyatt mm-hmm. and Wyatt is like a, an incredible artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and just I because he loves to swish the paint around. That's a stem of his. And and it's just so amazing the kinds of things that he can paint. Um, I I look at Logan Shepard, who, you know he, he did this. And then that turned to drumming is a professional drummer, right? CDs out, you know? So, um, you know, and sometimes it's not that clear cut. My son was interested, like we would perseverate on one thing and then he, you know, after a while he would perseverate on the next thing. And, um, but you know, if I think about it, that's, that's maybe a little bit how I have been that, you know, that I would go and, and, and do this for a, lot, a little while, and then I would do this. And then, you know, I can see in my son where, where it's all starting to come together, all the things that he likes, you know, joining together. So uh-huh. I just think it's important that we feed those things. So here was a little boy in this story, uh, Jackson Maples, who's four years old, and he lives in Missouri. And the thing that he perseverated on, are we ready for this, kids? Lowe's. Lowe's. <laughs> hardware store. He was all about uh, Lowe's, even to the point where when he was like having a rough day and and that they were just having a hard time, they would say, all right, let's get in the car. Let's go to Lowe's because it is his happy place. And And what I, yeah, he particularly loved the mechanical objects at Lowe's, the whir of a fan, the thrum of a washing machine and the tumbling cadence of the dryer were among his favorite fascinations. And so he loved to be in the appliance section. Uh, they say that it's as if he had stepped in his own personal wonderland. See, this makes me happy because, you know, there should be people in life who get excited about appliances. Um, and, you know, so they would take, and I love uh, his mom, Shauna, uh, would take him there as often as she could. Well, so Lowe's found out. Um, because everybody in the store just looked forward to seeing him and it brightened their day. And so, um, they contact the, the Lowe's head office and, uh, they sent him like all this cool stuff. So he's got a, a, a Lowe's vest now. Um, and they've given him so many things, including, 
I don't know if you guys have ever done on the, obviously I don't think this is happening in COVID, but once a month they would have a craft that you could go and do with your kiddos and they had the craft kits and stuff. So they'd given him a bunch of those and just made him an honorary associate. And I just gotta, gotta throw some love on Lowe's for doing this and making him feel so welcome. If they had some great photographs in the story of Jackson with at Lowe's in his safety vest, looking at the various pieces of hardware and equipment. Really, really sweet. Yes. And they gave him a Lowe's football. I mean, they just gave him a bunch of stuff. He's got, he's got Lowe's swag galore, but I think it's more than that. I think, you know, they acknowledge that he's one of them, mm -hmm. that he's an honorary associate. And that is what chokes me up. Um, because for a kiddo to feel that, at that age, I think we all want that for all of our kiddos. And to feel that at four, that's going to help him forever. And you know that someday that young man is going to work. That at little boy is going to be a young man and he's going to work at Lowe's. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's going to be one of the best Lowe's employees that they have. And the customers are going to come in and look forward to seeing him there. Um, this, this is how life should be. Um, and it is sometimes, and I think that we all need to be reminded of that. I remember when, when I was pregnant with Jem and had just had Jem at our local grocery store, there was a wonderful young man who um, had Down syndrome, who he was started out was working as a grocery bagger at our store. And in the period of time that you know, I got pregnant with, had Jem, and by, I think we moved away when Jem was like two. Um, he went from being the bagger uh, and everybody loved him. Like I would get in his aisle because he did the best job of bagging and he was so charming and personable and would talk to us. He was my favorite person. So I would deliberately get in the aisle that he was in and he would walk you to your car and help lovely young man. But he did such a great job that then he became one of the checkout people was the best, the fastest, but still was charming then he became the head checker and then he became the assistant manager by the Isn't time that, that we a great story. And, and I, you know, he was one of the things that I missed when we moved across town and anytime we would be in that neighborhood, I would like go into that grocery store hoping to run into him uh, and occasionally would, but you know, that, I think when we can all get in that mindset, I, I know in other circumstances at another store where somebody was just being trained and clearly was someone, you know, I don't know what the diagnosis was or if there was a diagnosis, but they were having a hard time. And I remember a bunch of people complaining. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I just hope that people will be like Lowe's was. Yay, Lowe's. Okay. We're, I'm going to drop out for a second and we're going to welcome Vince uh, All right. we're having trouble with my camera. So we're, we're going to drop me out. Okay. Um, we have a viewer from uh, Austria, which is very exciting. Uh, Fifty Kagan, I believe their name is. So, um, hi, thank you for joining us. Yes. And, uh, do we have Vince now? I believe that we do. Let's let's. In fact, we might have been having him wait. I didn't realize because we started late. It's it's kind of late. Uh, we do not have. Okay. We've got him. I wonder if, uh, talk amongst yourselves for a second. Say, yes, Amber from Amber the UK. From the UK. Um, Austria, Trayvon, the UK. Trayvon, can you, can you resend, 
Traven, can you resend uh, Vince the, the link? Because he may not have it. Thank you. Um, so wonderful. I'm wondering, um, I, I want to take just a second to go over what our schedule is for next week with right, our viewers right. um, and talk a little bit about Thanksgiving here in the United States, because we are less than a week away from our big gratitude holiday here in the, the United States. Uh, welcome, Amber. I see that you have a four-year-old on the spectrum. We're, we're so thrilled to have you here. Um, on Monday, we're going to be doing our regular show and Bonnie Yates will be with us and she'll answer any questions you guys have about special education from a legal standpoint, especially with all this new stuff going on. Um, and then on Tuesday, we're gonna do a very special show, a live show with Dr. Grampy Shea and her three adult children that have never been all on at the same time. Usually, you know, I go to a toy store, sometimes it's with Nancy, sometimes it's with my husband, sometimes it's with one of Dr. Grampy Shea's children and we review toys to kick off our big festival of toys. We're not able to go to a toy store and film this year. And so we're gonna, I'm, I've got a bunch of toys here and Dr. Grampy Shea and her kids will have a bunch of toys at their house. And so we're gonna play with toys in front of you, with you on Tuesday. Oh, that live show. Fun. That sounds like a fun show. Right, it should be absolutely hilarious because I'm sure it will be uh, a logistical nightmare uh, but I'm so looking forward to it. I have a room full of toys here that I can't wait to share with you guys. Our toy guide is coming out next week. Um, and so we're really excited. We paid particular attention this year to some of the challenges that you guys are face facing, things to do on a break from distance learning, things to do that we're calling our boredom buster award, but that, you know, things that will help you to make um, uh, your living room be a playground. Um, but they're all pretty uh, low cost. I really tried to make as many toys be under $10. In fact, there are several toys that are uh, under $20. There are several toys that are under $10 in the, the guide. So uh, we hope that you'll tune in. Starting on Wednesday of next week, though, we're doing our Thanksgiving marathon where we're going to be featuring a lot of the toys, some of the videos that you and I did in the past. Uh, uh -huh. At toy stores, plus a lot of toys from over the years, because we've been doing the toy festival for eight years. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh, so um, we're going to be sharing all of that with all of you. Um, oh, so it'll run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if you're missing oh, autism uh -huh. live at any point during the week, you, all you have to do is tune in, and it will be there. So we don't seem to have Vince yet. That might be part of our technical problems, but. Um, we, we have someone who's identified that they have a four-year-old on the spectrum, but he jumps up and down a lot and is that yeast. Um, and you know, I want to preface anything that we say with the fact that neither Nancy or I are doctors <laughs> and so we can share opinions, but you know, I, I certainly don't know if it's yeast just based on whether he jumps up and down. Uh, it could be, but it could be a lot of other things too. Some of our kids just like um, the motion of the yes. jumping up and down and Long like the their vestibular system, which is a, once again, we were talking about stems earlier. It's a yes. form of a, of a stem. And you also say he giggles sometimes for no reason. Now I have heard that as a, as yes. a symptom of yeast, but as Shannon said, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is yeast. 
So there's a couple of ways that you could start to be a detective to see if it's yeast. Um, the first one being that you smell your child. Um, does your, your child's head or feet or breath smell like yeast or um, my son's breath when he was in yeast um, overgrowth would smell like brandy, like really good expensive brandy. And his feet would smell like they just, they were like yeast buns. I mean, you know, who likes the smell of feet, but I used to love, get high smelling his little <laughs> feet. They smelled so good. And his head smelled like bread coming right out of the oven. So, um, you know, that would be one indication. Something that you can immediately do is look directly to your child's diet and go, okay, how much sugar refined or otherwise is your child having in their diet? And, and from there, look at how much carbohydrate. Now, Nancy, did they ever decide that, um, cause Jem was diagnosed as having yeast overgrowth, but did, did they ever say that with Wyatt? No, we tested him several times and he did not show that he had yeast overgrowth every time we did the test. And yet when you put him on the keto diet, which effectively removed all of those things from his right. diet, man, I mean, like just the way he looks changed so much. He right. Well, he lost 45 pounds when we took him off carbohydrates on the keto diet. He just, he, you know, he just looks entirely different now. Yeah, um, did you see behavior changes too? Yes. I think he was calmer um, on the keto diet. I think um, some of his autism symptoms were less pronounced. There you go. So there are some tests that you can do for yeast. Um, they're not always conclusive, but what I want to encourage you to do is um, take a look at the diet, see how much sugar, see if you can reduce sugar. Uh, and artificial colors and see if it makes a difference. With yeast, they will get worse before they get better. Be prepared for that. There's Vince. Hi, Vince. Vince Hello. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, Vince, as we mentioned before, is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He, as I said, he's a little bit of a unicorn that not only is he a licensed marriage and family therapist, but he is also someone who for many years worked as a behavior technician, worked in the field of ABA, doing one-to-one -one ABA and you're still, sometimes you still supervise. Isn't that right, Vince? I still supervise five cases, yeah. There you go. So mm -hmm. you are uniquely qualified to address some of the concerns that our, that our parents have. We had talked a little bit the other day about the fact that it's a really stressful time for caregivers. They're hitting the wall. And I, I think they all thought, oh, we're just starting to get back to school. It's gonna get better and now Schools are closing early. Schools are going back to distance learning. And I'm I'm hearing from parents, Nancy, I don't know if you are too, that they're like, I just I don't I just don't know how much more of this I can do. Yeah, I think everybody is stretched really thin and people were expecting a bit of a break with Thanksgiving. And what we're finding is we have to make special arrangements for Thanksgiving, that maybe our plans were thwarted of having family over because they're recommending now, of course, to just keep it your immediate family. And uh, as you say, going back to distance learning for some families that maybe had their kiddos off to school um, is another adjustment that might be having to be made. So Vince, are you finding a lot of stress in the families you work with? Yeah, I think in coming from all different angles, right? I mean, some of it's the school angle, some of it is the lack of 
of you know family gatherings, family support, family um, you know uh, uh, you know collaboration that people have around the holidays. You know, I had a really really wonderful conversation with a parent yesterday in regards to you know the holidays are the time for family unity, family gatherings, family you know uh, get-togethers, and how are they going to do that with all the mandates, regulations, and so forth going across all the United States, right? Not, not only here in California, but pretty much all the states across the board and around the world. You know, so we talked about different ways of getting together, different ways of being safe, different ways of using protocols and PPEs, you know, the protective gear and stuff like that to make them feel comfortable. And I think every situation, there's a solution. There's a solution to easing anxiety, increasing family awareness and family communication, um, as well as, you know, making it so that we can, we can enjoy these modified holidays. It's hard. I mean, we had talked about this a little bit last week, Nancy and I, that um, I think our circumstances are different. I'm really used to spending Thanksgiving alone because my husband almost always has to work. This is actually the first time in, I think, maybe our marriage that he doesn't have to work on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so for me, you know, that's a, it's like I get to have my husband on Thanksgiving Day. But I think for a lot of people, it, it's the one holiday when they can get together with families, like maybe they can't um, during other holidays. So it's really rough. But we we decided that we were going to do a thing, even though normally we say, you know, no devices at the table. We're bringing all of our devices to the table and my son will be on one device with one family. I'll be on another device with another family and then we'll be able to talk to everybody um, from our different devices. So at least it'll feel like we're having dinner with them. I don't know. It might turn out to be just a nightmare of people talking over each other, but we're going to make the attempt. Right. Uh, right. Great. Because it's those attempts. It's those, you know, those little moments, you know, this isn't going to be the same. We have to embrace that. We have to embrace. It's not going to be the, the same where you have to embrace that. It's not going to have the physical connection we, we typically are used to. But it's the little moments of seeing grandma and grandpa, seeing aunts and uncles, seeing nieces and nephews and so forth, even if it's just for a brief 15, 20, 30 minutes that we're going to remember, right? Because we're still going to bond, we're still going to communicate, we're still going to have some type of a connection if it's possible, then if it's nothing completely, you know, uh, uh, alone and not seeing the people we typically see. So I, I, I love the idea. I think I highly encourage it because now with most platforms, you can have multiple people at multiple times and everybody's seeing other, as we're doing right now, right? Everyone's seeing each other at the same time and we can all interact on our own, you know, our own device and everyone gets to see it. And again, if we go in with the interpretation that it's going to be the same or it's, it should equal the same, we're, we're, we're letting ourselves down. We have to go in no, you know, with the new expectation, just like you were just saying, Jen, let's see how it goes. It's, I mean, it's not gonna hurt either way. It's just gonna give us a whole new experience with everybody, which is gonna be funny. It's gonna be silly because people aren't gonna know what to do. You're gonna get the typical, oh, the, you know, that I didn't unmute and you know, all this stuff that we see. And that's just gonna make a new memory and we're getting, you know, and it'll be something that we remember and hopefully be able to cherish as, as we move on because it's anticipated. And again, nobody knows for sure, but it's anticipated that this is just a, 
this year, right? This is just the pandemic holiday of 2020, which is pretty much the entire year. And next year we'll be able to talk about, wasn't that funny last year when we were on Zoom and we all got to you know, see each other and wasn't that fun, you know, that kind of thing. So these are gonna make memories. And I think if we embrace that and cherish that, um, it gives us a better, you know, better attitude and maybe a little bit less anxiety heading into the holiday. I'm, I'm as concerned about, you know, I'm concerned for people and how they're feeling about the holidays, but I'm also equally, if not more concerned about everyone as far as the distance learning, because, you know, I just, I've heard so many people who be a little bit judgy, but for a lot of parents, for a lot of caregivers, the period of time in which our children went to school was our break. That was the period of time in which we had, you know, we would work really hard in the IEP to make sure that our child was safe at school and taken care of in an enriching environment. And that was like a full-time job getting that done. But while they were there, it was our opportunity to take a breath, take care of life, work, do, you know, do all the things that we needed to do. And sometimes that was a treadmill, but at least it was that respite. And having taken that off the table, some people have been off the table since the beginning. Other people, it was off the table and they just went back to school and now it's being taken off the table again. And I almost feel like for those people, it's that much harder. For those of us who've been home the whole time with our students, it's like, well, you know, we're still home. Uh, it's not great, but, you know, we didn't get our hopes up, get the kiddos off to school and now being told that it's being taken off the table. I'm worried for our caregivers about that, Vince. What advice do you have for them about being able to get a break, um, you know, just from you know, we love our kids, but when they're constantly with us and on us, I'm hearing parents who are like, I would like five minutes to myself. Right. And I fully agree. I mean, I think school is, you know, for the mental well-being of not only the family, but the kids as well, school is good, right? They're around their peers or they're doing activities that they enjoy. And, and, you know, a lot of times they're experiencing a lot of good, you know, new stuff. And that's where a lot of the, you know, generalization of their learning, you know, happens. And, and, and it's a good break for them as well, right? Because they too are getting um, that, those socialization with other peers, learning from different, you know, uh, modes of medium and so forth. But hammering your point home about the mental well-being of the families, 100% agree. And I think this is one of the reasons why it's essential that we use the term physical distancing over social distancing, right? Because I think right now we need as much social interaction and social support as possible. Now, for those who can, can get people or relatives or neighbors or babysitters to come and able, you know, respite workers and able to, to, to help watch their child and, and supervise their child while they're able to go to the grocery store or run errands or drive to the park and sit under a tree, right? And do some mindfulness to be able to bring, you know, some 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 comfort and calming anxiety, calming their anxieties. Those are all very necessary. And I would definitely ask for the, the work with 
with um, your professionals, your ABA professionals, or your you know uh, uh, other professionals on how to get some of that. But look for it, right? Look for, ask you know uh, uh, for those supports if they're available to you. Um, and the other thing, going back to what I was saying about social distancing versus you know physical distancing this is not the time to not be social i get more concerned with people who actually are isolated and isolating by pure isolation meaning that they're not connected to anybody around them in any means um, this is a creating a lot of you know um, uh, uh, different emotions and different types of emotional issues that are coming up with families because they're not connected to their grandparents going back to what we're saying about the holiday table, not connecting with their resources, not connecting with their friends and coworkers, not connecting with their schoolmates and peers. That needs to happen in some shape or form, not only for you know the 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 growth and promotion of everybody's you know uh, uh, mental health and well-being, but also because it keeps everybody connected and it gives us that to look forward to. So I know I just kind of threw a lot of stuff out there. Um, so there's a lot of different, you know, in specific um, situations that come up. And I think with the help of your professionals, there can be some solutions, you know, to, to help ease anxieties, ease um, some depressive or, you know, depression that people may be feeling by the isolation and help connect with, um, with loved ones and friends again. Right. You bring up a good point that a lot of people are isolated from coworkers. There are a lot of people that have had to quit their jobs during this time to yeah. stay home with their kids. So then we have the added stress of that for many families. And then there's the financial ramifications of that, the financial hardships that a lot of families are going through now. Right. right. Yeah. And right now, I mean, and again, with not knowing if stimulus packages are coming through and unemployment, right? That's a financial burden that a lot of families are hiding, you know, because it's personal and that's right. stuff that you have to deal with. Um, but that's where that mindfulness and that time alone and that time to process and kind of plan is so necessary. Absolutely yep. so much necessary. And that's where a lot of, from what I'm seeing, and I can only speak anecdotally based on my experience, a lot of families are still have a difficulty asking for help, yeah. asking for, um, you know, can someone watch their child for an hour or two? And I think we all have experienced that at some point in our lives, in our, in our child rearing. Um, but this is the time to embrace. This is the time that everyone's reaching out and doing what they can for one another because we're all experiencing, you know, uh, uh, terrible times in the time of the and I think for families, if for some reason you can't do that, I, I can think of some people that live, that are isolated and there is no one who can come and spend an hour. You know, I I hear a lot of people being so concerned about how much screen time their kids are getting. Because in the past, if somebody needed a break, we would say, put a Disney movie on. Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to, you know, harm them. But I know people are worried about the cumulative screen time. But we were just talking the other day with Dr. Grampiche that all screen time is not created equally. Right. That that there are some games like Camp Discovery that the young kids can be playing on their iPad that they get very involved in and they're having a, just a regular hoot nanny playing it, but they're really doing high quality ABA therapy while they're doing it. And that's ideal for when, you know, you can 
give them the iPad for that and be sitting far away in the room um, and doing, you know, something else, whether it's paint your toenails or doing a mindfulness exercise or yoga um, Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I, you know, I also think that um, the Disney movies are not the worst thing for our kids, that I actually think they're a really good thing. They teach really wonderful lessons and everything on PBS Kids, and right. they have stuff up through, you know, for for um, young adults on PBS Kids. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm more willing to have them do educational screen time um, as a way for parents to give a break. What do you you guys think about that? I think that's a great idea because they can't parents can't be everywhere. So um, you know you got to cut yourself a break and maybe bend the rules a little bit, like you say, Shannon, with the screen time. As long as it has some redeeming value, I think. Um, a lot of parents need that. Interesting, while we were talking, I just got an email uh, that Wyatt's therapy hours have been reauthorized. We thought they might not be. And I was sweating bullets about that because when he's in ABA, it's a time for me to get other things done. And I know that that's a time for a lot of parents to get things done when their child is in their ABA therapy. But I think Shannon um, relying on like Disney kids, like you said, has some PBS kids, I mean, has some pretty good shows on that parents can take advantage of. And um, there's some other outlets as well. Um, And I don't know, I watch a lot more things with Wyatt now, whereas, you know, we do it together and we use it as a, as a learning opportunity. You said you guys like Cobra Kai, right? Yeah. We like that. We haven't started watching that. You like it? (laughs) <laughs> okay, I got I got to watch that. But how do you feel about the screen time, Vince? For me, it's, I agree with everything you guys are saying. For me, it really comes down to scheduling, right? Scheduling your day the, so that it's predictable, not only for the child, but it's predictable for the families as well. Because now you can organize when you're going to do things, when you're going to be able to, you know, to uh, finish a task or or you know, answer an email, return a phone call, pay a bill, you know, when we need to do, you know, our, our adulting, right? So when it's, when you have a schedule, we now have less anxiety because we know exactly when we're going to do things, right? So we can say, okay, we're going to get up, do the morning routine, and then have you watch PBS Kids for an hour. Now, as a parent, I know that's my time to go and talk to, you know, the doctor or, you know, talk to the supervisor or talk to, um, you know, uh, uh, my, you know, contractor that's redoing our patio or whatever, right? And so you're able now to predict how the day is going to go and how you're going to use that screen time, what screen time you can use, right? This is going to be a time we're going to watch it together, like Nancy was saying great interaction but this is going to be a time where we're going to put on camp camp discovery and have them do some learning and some gameplay along with a couple other learning games great right and then this is going to be the time where we do our activities this is the time where they're going to be in aba this is the time where you know we'll go ahead and and uh, watch a movie um and now i can go ahead and do uh, uh, some other, you know, some other errands and things I need to do. So the idea for me is, is if the screen time is structured and scheduled, and again, all parents want our kids to watch things that are either educational, there's going to be learning, 
they're you know good for good you know good viewing um you know send good messages and we can actually st structure that for them so that it gives us the predictability of our day it gives the kids the predictability of their day and we're able to still monitor and and uh time how much time they are um having the screen a viewer has written in, and I had to get a translation on it, but they had said uh, that uh, they recommended us to somebody and said they used to just be on Fridays, but now they're. I see they're doing videos more often. I just want to let everybody know that we're live now Monday through Friday. So, um, so great um, to have you here with us. Uh, and somebody said, uh, Michelle said, thank you so much for letting us know this information, Vince. It's a tough time, no matter how you slice it and i think what's unique is um that oh and somebody we love there are several online educational resources somebody that happens to be related to somebody who was on the show that somebody debbie um and can i that reminds me that i want to say something um that we started a a, a fundraiser for Autism Live last night on my Facebook uh, for Autism Care Today. And so uh, if you would like to make a donation, we're raising money for iPads for um, this holiday season for individuals on the autism spectrum. So it's on my Facebook if you want to make a donation. Anybody who's out there, if you have spare change, you want to feel better. I know some of you already did. Um, and so Debbie says hi. Of course, we're talking about Vince's wife, Debbie thrilled uh, that she is here with us. And um, and she's a great resource for educational things. Uh, so Debbie, if you want to hit us with anything specific, we're, we're, we're tuned in to what you're saying. Uh, and Traven wants us to know that we've raised $346 overnight for an iPad. So that's great. So that's, that's almost one iPad at that point. Um, but uh, we also like to load them with ProLoquo and things like that. So uh, if you got spare change, there is no donation of any size that is too small. We look forward to it. Uh, and Debbie and you just can go to act-today.org as well to get more information on that. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, and thank you, Nancy. So, um, but so back to what we were talking about with families and how difficult this is. I think that one of the things that's really hard, somebody put it really well that I was listening to because they said, well, we're all in the same boat. And, and someone said, no, we're, we're all in the same ocean. Everybody's boat is different. And the pack of issues that people have is so unique in this, that one person might have, you know, a kiddo who's loving the isolation and they're worried about how am I going to get them out when this is over? Another person may have somebody who's got a kiddo who's like, I can't stand it. I'm, I'm trying to walk out the front door every day. So um, makes it really hard because we always want to be mindful that we don't know what your specific issues are, but everybody's got it. As I talk to families, there's always something that's unique, Vince, that I think is making it specifically hard. Are you seeing that too, you guys? Yes. Yeah. I've seen some families that, like you said, their kiddos are really loving being at home, being on screen not having to go out and interact and that can have its own problems because then your kid could not want to reintegrate at some point you know we could get really used to this 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be hard to get back out into society because I, I like being at home. Um, and, and I think we've done a fairly good job of um, at least once a month, we either host or go to a Zoom party with, with a bunch of people. And it's not always the same people. We've reconnected. I had two reunions, one that was a high school reunion and one that was a graduate school reunion over the summer and reconnected with people I hadn't talked to in years. Um, so I'm, I might be more social in this isolation than I normally am. Yeah, you've been really good, Shannon. And you've even, you've even arranged for Jim to have a birthday party online that's coming up. Well, Jim is yeah. Jim is for big Jim. He's we offered for for Jim and he was like I don't want to do that. But we've been to many Zoom birthday parties. We've been to many events. Last night I was watching the Media Access Awards online, an event that I've always wanted to go to and I, it's always at a time when I can't go, but there it was online and I got to be, you know, there front row center. It was amazing. Can I just tell you guys it was like so uplifting and amazing. It opened with a gentleman who was tap dancing, who has a, a literal peg leg. Wow. So he, uh, and he was tap dancing and, and he was some kind of good. Um, and, and I would have missed that if it was just a live event that was being held at a hotel in Beverly Hills, because I find it hard to go to those things. So, yeah. you know, for me, I've sort of loved the access that we've had to things and, um, and that more people are more willing to do things online. Zoom is my friend. Um, uh, and, and my son has done some of those things as well with his friends. I will say that. You get a great party, um, a karaoke party which yes. was just great fun, Shannon. I really enjoyed that. Right. Well, um, but, you know, and everybody was like, how are you going to do that? And we were like, we don't know, but we're going to figure it out as we go. But um, my husband has been doing plays online, Zoom plays. In fact, my husband and my son wrote one and I got to be in it. Um, and, and, right. So, so because we would have lost our minds if we hadn't. Um, so, but that was our unique thing to find what works for us. And I think it's not a one size fits all. Hey, I also want to bring up that Debbie, Debbie mentioned, there's a really great way for you to be able to donate to, uh, act today on a regular basis. If you haven't already, if you go to smile.amazon.com, you can pick the charity of your choice. Of course, we're encouraging you to pick autism care today. And then what happens is anytime you go to purchase something on Amazon, a little thing will pop up and say, hey, would you like to do this through Smile to redirect you? You purchase it. It's, you're still buying it from Amazon, but it goes through the Smile app. And then Act Today or the other charity that you choose gets a percentage of that sale. I have to tell you, it's a very small percentage, but with everything that everybody's buying on Amazon, it adds up. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it's a great thing to do. So smile.amazon.com. And then you would pick um, Autism Care Today as your preferred charity. And then just make sure every time you use Amazon, that it'll, it gives you a pop-up and you can click it and, it, and um, it's super easy. Right. So, and the thing about that is you spend no more, no money, no more money than you yeah. were buying your, your, your things through Amazon. And Amazon's the one paying act today for the part of that sale which is a great thing a great thing yeah. for my amazon a great thing that they 
they do for for the nonprofits you know that are around. And I think it right now with the you know the pandemic, everybody you know like we were saying earlier about how Zoom has become our friend. We've all become so much more technologically advanced now, right? Because we've had to. This we're doing a lot more online shopping. So yep. the more online shopping we're doing, the more we're able to raise funds to care for, you know, uh, the iPads and families that need assistance and need equipment and things that, that quite frankly, are, are life-saving at times. And as Debbie just said that her sister donated almost $200 just with her Amazon purchases. So like you say, yeah. that's a event. Yeah. I didn't realize how late it had gotten. Uh, it started late. But Vince, thank you so much. If people have questions and want to ask you, um, the best thing for them to email me and I forward them to you, what do you prefer? Yeah, that's fine. Or they can email me directly at, um, I, I know Trayvon has the email address, uh, v.redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D, at centerforautism.com. There you go. Thank you so much for always being thank so you, willing. Man. I hope that you and your family and your lovely wife and your girls have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You ladies as well, your families, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Please, my love and peace to everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks that. And um, for, for Nancy and I, I, I want to reiterate that next week we won't be here with a live show on Friday. It will be, you'll be seeing the uh, Autism Live Thanksgiving Marathon. There's Vince's email if you want that. Um, so Monday, live show, typical with Bonnie Yates. Tuesday, live show, not typical, toy review, toy mayhem with me, Dr. Doreen Grampy-Shea and her three adult children. It, like, I guarantee it will be a laugh riot. I promise. Uh, it will be super duper fun. So, um, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be doing the Autism Live Thanksgiving Marathon. A lot of the toy reviews that we've done in the past, plus fun interviews, um, keeping it fun. So tune in at any point if you're needing us. You can still write in your questions on autism-live.com in the chat. Um, but uh, I hope that everybody has a great break, but we're there for you if you need us. Nancy, I want to thank you for always being so amazing. Thank you, and Shannon. I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving with Jim and Jem. And I, and I hope you'll be at Jim's Zoom birthday party. Yes, I'm planning on it. I'm planning okay. on it. And are you ready to sing karaoke again? I, I think karaoke is a grand idea. Okay, bring Wyatt. Uh, okay. That might be a really fun thing. All right, so uh, thanks to everybody. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye for now.